Radio. This is Catholics Read on cradio.org.au. Welcome to this episode of Catholics Read. I'm Luke. And I'm Kiara. And I'm Victoria. And in this episode, we are reading, we're reading, we're reading, we're reading Laudato Si, which is, um, it's, it's not like, you know, an old book. No. It's very, very new. It's definitely it's the, the newest, most newest book. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely the most newest. The most recent No, the most new book. Wait, the most newest book? Oh, Can we start again? <laughs> the most recent. English The most fail. recent book that we have. Uh, the newest publication we have ever read. The most recent. Mm. Let's let's just go with that. Yeah. Most recent publication. And uh, for the record, the subtitle is On Care of Our Common Home, an Encyclical Letter on Ecology and Climate by Pope Francis. In case you've been living under a rock, Laudato Si is the Pope's latest encyclical and it talks about the... Uh, environment for the most part, among other things. Mm. The environment is one among many things. Let's just make that clear. Because some people got their knickers in a twist over... We'll, 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 we might, we might. <laughs> we'll, get to the, we'll get to the knickers twisting later. We will. Um, we will. <laughs> um, but we're going to do this in two parts, I think. And just off of the top of my head now, I think what we'll probably, we'll deal with in the first one is kind of like what Pope Francis deals with Towards the start of the document, which is about, um, I guess, the present situation and the present state of man um, yes. in his approach to the world. And I guess the second part, what do you reckon? I think the um, second part we can probably, I mean, the second part is essentially the, the how do we solution? fix it? Yeah, well, okay. yeah, it's the how do we fix it? And it's that's not an easy solution at all. And like, keep in mind, this is not a policy document. This is not a prescriptive document per se and so there are you're not going to find a practical solution Mm. necessarily to all the problems at hand here rather what he's trying to do is facilitate a mentality shift in how we approach the environment and how we approach our fellow human beings because as he makes very very clear and he repeats it again and again and again and again is that the two are interrelated Mm. if you treat other human beings like rubbish you will treat your environment you will treat the environment like rubbish if you treat the environment like rubbish you will also treat human beings like rubbish it's you can't have one without the other Mm. Mm. all right so uh where do we want to begin let's let's just let's just hello elephant hello over there mr elephant what's your name your name's climate change. Okay, okay. Come on in, Mr. Elephant. Climate change. You might not fit through the door. Um, yes. But we'll, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the Pope and climate change. We're going to talk about. I guess we're going to talk a little bit about what the Pope says about um, about about the issue and the response. I guess um, that he received initially. So we're going to give a little bit of a kind of broad overview of the context of this document. Rather interesting. Um, yes, but- it has been much anticipated and anticipated both positive, both, wow, Kiara, good English. Positively. And, and very apprehensively, depending yeah. on where your broad ideological tendencies tend to fall, I suppose is the word, the way to, the way to put it. Politely. Yeah. So let's so let's get the first thing out of the way, which you've pointed out, Chiara. Um, how many times does the Pope use the term climate change in this document? Um, I haven't actually I haven't actually physically counted. 
Um, so I'm sure there is, I'm sure you could do a Google search and someone actually has, but right. I have a life and I don't have time to well, count the well, number have, of times. I have a radio show, so I'm going to do that right now. Okay, Luke <laughs> can do the research on that one. So the words climate change occur once in the table of contents and it's right up there. And then the relevant page is page 24 in my book that I have. Um, thank you to my grandparents for supplying me with such a useful book. Oh, by the way, if you would like to get, obtain a copy of this, you can oh, get it free the from text, the Vatican. In so- the text, it's mentioned ten times. Ten times ten out times of between between the uh, the paragraphs twenty four and okay, it kind of twenty four kind of, and then it comes back in one hundred and sixty nine to about one hundred and eighty. Um, so not a lot for a document that's like what a hundred two hundred and two hundred and oh, it just keeps going. Okay, two hundred. Well, my my book has one hundred and ninety pages. Okay, it's two hundred and forty six paragraphs long, not including the prayer at the end. Um, so he doesn't talk much about, about climate, climate change, change at all. Really, he does. He, he really, it's a passing mention, if anything. It's, it's a passing I it's address. The, I guess you could say it's part of the inspiration. For the document, because it is something that um, that presents itself as an imperative. Um, that is that you kind of have. It's not like oh, you know, there's something happening with the environment. Oh wells, like it's actually something that if if certain people who have certain opinions about this are correct, it could have catastrophic consequences. Now the problem is, is that the Pope kind of uses this. Well, it's not a problem. It's a great thing actually, but it's a problem for those who want to kind of make it a climate change document, is that the Pope simply uses this as a springboard to speak about man's relationship with the environment. Mm. And I think one of the fantastic things that he does in this document is that he looks, he goes back to Genesis and he, he shows how in, in Genesis, at the fall, man has kind of like a threefold break um, due to sin. He breaks his relationship with God he breaks his well. It's fourfold. He breaks his relationship with God. He breaks his relationship with himself, and his interior we- disposition. He breaks his relationship with another, Adam and Eve. Yeah. And he breaks his relationship with the world around him. That's made very clear in Genesis and in the punishments for sin. Um, They're all addressed that, one by one. Though the the fruits of that breakage are very made very apparent. Yeah, and one of them is man's break with the environment. And I think what Pope Francis is trying to point out here is that since I joked the other day that Luke's to a, to a friend that my role on this show is to bag out modernity. So here we go. <laughs> here we go. And the, the bagging um, does ensue. Is that in the modern period, that has really become writ large, man's break with the environment. Because, because we have this, this rupture with the world around us, We've seeked to remedy that rupture by dominating, by dominating it. Everything possible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'll leave that. I'll leave that to the side for now because we might sort of come back to it towards the uh, towards the end. But, but anyway, um, back to the elephant that is named climate change. To be perfectly- I nearly missed you, elephant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, basically, there's been a huge amount of reaction. To, and, I, and I intentionally use the word reaction because, for the most part, a lot of the inflammatory commentary from both sides of the more political end of the spectrum, so I hate using the terms left and right because they're really, really poor descriptors of anything political, but 
on both the left and the right, they've they've both used and abused this section like it's nobody's business, and they've both missed the point. And as far as I can tell, most of the people who jumped on their respective corners of the in, of the internet on their high horse basically read the contents page, saw the words pollution and climate change, and then immediately went, "See, look, even the Pope says climate change is real." To which. Most other people said, oh, yeah, well, this is an encyclical, so we don't actually have to listen to what he says anyway. And then off they went. And it was and 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 it was and it totally missed the point, because in the actual section where he in the actual section entitled pollution and climate change, we're talking paragraph 20. He basically says that the that climate, what we now know as climate change is actually a product of pollution and a throwaway culture of our waste and of the waste of the industrial world. We've dug ourselves our own hole here. And he's, and some people have gotten upset with him because he's basically endorsed the view that anthropogenic climate change is a real thing. He doesn't take, he, he, he takes for granted that the climate has an anthropogenic factor purely because we're part of it. We're, pa- we're part of the environment. Purely because we're a part of the environment and whether we like it whether we like it or not our activities do have an impact on it. If any and even even if it's not called climate change, it's going to be something else. And this is this is the thing that I when when reading this and reading a couple of the reactions to it which I found and he, this is the thing he addresses this point is that I don't know about you Kiara. Have, have you ever flown to LA? Yes. Okay, you've flown to LA. Yes. Right. That wonderful when I, when, city. When I was had, was um, blessed enough to be able to, to go to the United States and, you know, flying over the horizon, you see this haze in the distance. That haze is Los Angeles. Um, Los Angeles, as my American friends keep telling me, us Australians keep pronouncing it wrong. Um, but anyway, all that aside, you see this haze and you kind of think when you see this pollution haze, this smog, Probably isn't meant to be like that. Life probably isn't meant to be this way, that we produce so much garbage that we create this big haze. Or you could look up, for example, the the great plastic thing in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. What's that thing? The big plastic island. Yeah. Water. Yeah. Floating on the water. That is the refuse of... That I've heard is the largest human structure we've ever built. Congratulations, humans. For um, a more local example, you could think of, for us Sydney siders, when you look up at the at the sky at night, uh, you don't see stars and you don't even see velvety blackness or, or navy. You see brown, an illuminated brown, and it's quite unpleasant. It's unpleasant. It's disconcerting. So, so this is and this is this is my point. That firstly, even if Pope Francis had never used the words climate change in this encyclical at all, his point remains. What we're doing to our environment is not right. And secondly, that a lot of the people who've been complaining about this encyclical and that saying, what a load of rubbish, you know, Pope Francis is saying this and that, well, you know, that's not the way the world really is. You know, he's just using hyperbole and that kind of thing. That's really something you can only say if you live in Sydney or something Who, and you and we're very, on a very train f- and you go up in a lift and you sit in an office all day and you never actually look at the world around you and see see that there's something grossly wrong. You don't see the trouble in Bougainville, for example, up in Papua New Guinea where they basically 
shredded the the entire ecosystem in the water. You don't see the trees all knocked down. In you don't Amazon see what's happening. You know, you don't, you don't see, see what's you know, happening in China, where very regularly pollution levels are so high that people can't go outside without getting sick. And this isn't this isn't a matter of simply. I feel like I'm lecturing. I'll I'll, I'll step back here a bit, but <laughs> it's not. See, uh, the other thing is too is that. We in the Western world can say, oh, look, you know, we don't produce as much pollution as, say, China and that kind of thing. But Pope Fran- as Pope <laughs> Francis is kind of getting at with this document is that if China wasn't producing that pollution, we wouldn't have all these nice things. And this has been one of my major problems with a lot of the, you know, the, the soft greenies in, Austra- in, in, in Australia and around the place who basically are against all sorts of, you know, sort of good you know, all sorts of development or whatever on the base on environmental grounds. I'm sitting here going like, just because if you don't want it in your backyard, it shouldn't be in anyone's backyard. Because the reality is, if we don't wear the, if we don't actually wear the environmental costs of our actions, someone else will. And those pe- and it's those innocent people who will be suffering for our benefit. And that's not a good ethical way to do. Th- that's not an ethical way to do things. And this is basically Pope Francis's theme throughout the entire thing he's basically he's directed it at us in the western world for a very good reason i think that's what's got up everybody's nose quite frankly and he's basically saying wake up look at what you're doing to the rest of the world look at what's going on in third world countries because there is an there is the reality of richer countries exploiting in many ways poorer countries and that's not a good thing the, yeah, you know, he's, a, say, he's saying the system is broken mm. and it has not been done on a scale. And, and the thing is, this is on a massive scale. The scale of the level of stuff we are producing now is, uh, you know, is unprecedented. Like nothing, there, there's, there has been no precedent in the history of humankind where this much stuff has been generated. Yeah. And Useless so I stuff. What, I think where, where Pope Francis is getting at with this is that this is not about simply whether a bunch of scientists who come up with some climate model and the climate goes up by the, the general temperature of the world or something goes up by 0.5 degrees or anything like that. This isn't about that. That may be a symptom of it, but that's not where he's That's addressing. not the actual problem. What he's addressing it is that man needs to change, especially in the Western world, needs to change his behaviour. Humanity needs to change our behaviour because we're in a situation now where we consume so much stuff. We're so finicky about stuff. You know, we, we buy something and throw it out tomorrow. This isn't a sustainable sustainable culture. You know, we're in a situation now. Even if you put all the climate change stuff out of the way, let's just put all that aside. Sorry, Sorry. elephant, you're going to have to go back out of the room now. Um, even if you put all that aside, we're still living a culture which can't, which is not uh, truly human. Yeah. It's not truly at one with the world around us. And this is something that Father Robert Barron pointed out really well in a, um, in a uh, column that's on creative, uh, in a column, uh, and I believe it was a video as well, that he looks at, um, is it... Gaudini? Yeah. Uh, the theolo- Guardini, theologian yeah. 
How do you pronounce it, sorry? G-U-A. Guardini? Yeah. Anyway, anyway we'll find out. Someone um, will correct us, no doubt. It's <laughs> okay. We need, we, need more. we need more emails with corrections. We haven't got one in a while. Like, we need people That's to That's true. We need Obviously, people to tell us when we're wrong because we're probably wrong on things. <laughs> um, but what he points out is that at the turn of the 20th century, um, he noticed in uh, northern Italy that you had this shift from... Um, from around like the lakesides and things like that, you had houses that that fit into the to the terrain. You had boats that used wind. Suddenly, it shifted. It shifted to your um, motor fuel petrol powered boats that kind of just chopped through the water. You had these kind of ugly modern buildings that were just placed there, you know, because because we are modern. Brutalism. <laughs> to a certain extent, um, <laughs> modernism in general, but. Um, you have what had really been put into place 300 years earlier um, at the dawn of the scientific revolution. And the industrial revolution. The industrial revolution that said that the world around us is not something that we need to work with. You know, the world around us is not something that we cooperate with. The world around us is something that we dominate. And I just want to, I'll just quickly try and bring up the uh, the quote from um, uh, Bacon. Francis, Francis Bacon. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Okay. So Francis Bacon, yeah, Francis Bacon says, um, this is in this quote, uh, and he's sort of your first modern thinker, I think you could arguably say, sort of. He's right on the cusp of med- between the medieval period and modernity as a philosopher. And he says, it's a really strange grammar there, but... I'm come in very truth leading to you, nature, with all her children, to bind her to your service and make her your slave. Note the feminine there. Um, Mm -hmm. There he says, you know, that nature, we need to sort of steal nature's children and bind her to our service and make nature our slave. This is a modern thought. Um, and this has changed fundamentally how we think about ourselves because it's very much wrapped up in the philosophy that is to emerge from that time, that there's no such thing as human nature, that man can pretty much be whatever he wants to be. And this is one of the things that, that I think a lot of this political wrangling, you know, about, oh, climate change and all that completely misses. And that is that Pope Francis is saying, if you look at our modern world, if you look at the way that we treat the world around us and that we treat ourselves, this isn't just about treating the climate badly. This is about um, about how how we treat our, our how we re- how we relate to everything as a human as a human being. But not just not just that, but how we view the entire world. We view the the world instead of it being something we co- cooperate with. We view it as something being completely malleable. And something that we can change to suit our own our own ends, and that's the thing. How many bloggers or writers who are coming out against Pope Francis and saying he's he's this and he's that would agree with what Caitlyn Jenner did? For for those who don't know what I'm talking about, there Caitlyn Jenner was Bruce Jenner uh, and had uh, surgery to make them now like a female. I, I don't know how to use that, but they had a they had what we could say is a sex change operation. How many of those, we could say, conservative people who were coming out against Pope Francis would have been coming out against Caitlyn Jenner over what they did and said that what they did was a load of rubbish, they're delusional, etc., etc.? Pope Francis is pointing out, perhaps not in explicit terms, that it's really from the same thing. 
it, the, the, it's the it problem that stands for the same, same root, and it's this divorce. It's it, it, you know, I mean, to use a C.S. Lewis term, it's it's a great divorce in a sense, a great divorce from the created reality that we are, that you know, that we are. And this is one of the things that I love about this is that I'm a big fan of theology of the body and the revolution that was that John Paul II, John, uh, St. John Paul II wrote the theology of the body and it totally revolutionized my understanding of the human body and its place in the created world. This document takes theology of the body and because John Paul II was all about ordering us, ordering ourselves and our relationships, this Pope Francis is building on that and now saying, now let's look outside ourselves. We've, you know, we've got it's the re- so we've got the resources to fix what's going on in here. The thing is, it's to me, to me, it strikes me as being, and this is going to be a very controversial statement, but it strikes me as being Ooh. very, no, no, very, <laughs> it strikes me as being very traditionally Catholic because yeah. to me, it's, it's essentialism. Yes, it's about it's looking at it's very Thomistic, in the sense that that's the that's the irony is that I'm seeing a lot of Thomists come out against this. I'm like, I don't understand that. It strikes me as very Thomistic because it's asking the questions. We, as, a, as, a, as humanity, in modernity, have lost our sense of what things are for, what things are in their true nature. We've lost that sense and we need to return to that sense because we can live our little fantasy that the world is completely malleable and it has no consequences. That the physical world the is completely malleable. takes no yeah. prisoners. Nature takes no nature prisoners. Takes no prisoners. We can live our delusion for as long for, for as long as we like, but eventually it's going to come back and bite us. Maybe it's climate change. Maybe it's not. It doesn't matter that what the end is result where, is. Is is where we're going here. Anyway, Victoria. That's all very terrible. Victoria, <laughs> um, lighten up our day, please. This is no pressure. So great. Can I just say that first you know, words in twenty four after on, after sorry. speaking? No, no. I did say something before, and I'd actually like to clarify that because I realised it could have been taken the wrong way. Uh, when I was talking about the brownness above Sydney, I wasn't implying that that was pollution. I was implying it that was light pollution. Though. It's light, light pollution, pollution, which no doubt has the effect uh, has an effect, maybe very small, but an effect nonetheless on the flora and fauna of Sydney. It's just disconcerting. That's all I wanted to point it, out. It's, and it's a bit un- it's it takes unnatural. away from the beauty. That, that's and that's it's that's unnatural. Exactly, that's exactly it. how many people do you know who has never seen them? I, I know so many people who have never seen the Milky Way in their life. To be and honest, that, I'm not sure if I have. You've never seen the Milky. Maybe I just haven't been looking for it. But um, I mean, like, it's just there. <laughs> yeah, I actually, Wonderful. actually, there's an amazing series of photographs that this photographer went and took, and he basically took photos of cities, and then he went to the same latitude that they were on in a desert. So, for example, New York, he went sort of west and into this remote place where there was no light around and took a photo of the night sky and then he, like, cut all the light out of the city and then overlaid the two so you could actually see what the night sky would Would look like like, over all these cities like L.A., New York, Tokyo, you know, really heavily populated cities. And you could see how beautiful they could be in the starlight, Mm. you know, what they could look like. and. But you can't see it because there's so much light around. And it, you're right, it does have a serious impact on the flora and fauna, but it does also have an impact on humans too because, you know, we're not meant to, we're not meant to be surrounded become, by light. We've become disconnected from, from reality. And that has, that has so many implications. It has, it has a lot of, like, I mean, when I was scrolling to try and find that quote because I posted it on my Facebook page, I was scrolling through that quote. I saw some pictures when I went down to a farm a month back or so. And... When you're out on the land, you could say, 
you know, you get such a sense of, I guess, immediacy with with the nature around you and what actually goes into your life, you know. Where your food modern, comes modern, from. Modern, yeah, yeah. modern metropolitan man or woman. I've used the word man too many times now. Modern metropolitan it's human, human. Person, <laughs> um, goes down to the shop and buys their beef. They get in their car. They they are completely disconnected from the world from from the world around them. You know, people like Aristotle. He was he was pretty much where he sort of started. His basis of his philosophy is in his biology. Anyway, speaking of which, I think that would be probably the topic of our next episode. Yeah, we've done a lot of complaining in this episode. If this is the first time you've listened to this, we don't usually complain this much. Oh. oh, okay, Luke. We'll, unless, we'll let you live. Okay, okay, unless, we'll unless let you live with that unless, interpretation. Unless you're listening to that episode on Lord of the Flies. Um, <laughs> oh no! Bring it up again. That's um, that's uh, that's that was a terrible. Anyway, terrible if, time. If you, want, if you want to have some fun, go listen. How to not to do nature, Lord of the Flies. <laughs> maybe maybe that was my problem. Maybe that was our problem. We're a bunch of city slickers who couldn't appreciate three paragraphs of explanation <laughs> of waves. But anyway. <laughs> anyway, we should all leave that. Leave. Leave Pope you Francis with that. doesn't simply end this with, everything's terrible, good night. Like, no, he doesn't. He offers he you hope. Sl- he he proposes hope. hope. I mean, you should see the photo of him on the. I mean, this is on the radio. But you should see the photo of him on the cover of my book. It's just, it's just delightful. <laughs> he, he's in the middle of preaching, and he looks like he's about to let you know let forth a great operatic um, aria. Yes, and um, and he's been he's been photoshopped onto this very beautiful. European landscape somewhere. Um, it's very uh, The Sound of Music, actually. Yes, that's actually what I was going to say. quite similar to that shot of Julie Andrews with her arms um, uh, on, on, on the hill. Maybe that's what Singing the hills are alive with the sound of music. But that's exactly the point of this. Actually, speaking of this, I can make a point out of this. Ha! That's actually what he's trying to call us back to, is to go Julie out. In- <laughs> no, but to, to be able to look at the natural world and go, the hills are alive not the oh that hill has iron in it we need to get that out oh man that was such a good point do we have like 30 seconds no no let's not let's not but let's that's not. in summary that's essentially what we're saying that, that's what he's trying to man fix has become, with- man has become disconnected with nature we no longer see nature as something beautiful as something that has purpose but rather something that is used to make our lives comfortable also um for next time if you can do a great julie andrews impression of the sound of music please record yourself and send it into radio <laughs> luke would love great. to luke maybe would love to hear it and we will that could be our intro music for next week yeah copyright aside um i mean i should i don't think there should be copyright problems if it's just some guy with a mic no no not at all Um, (laughs) no if you think you could do a great impression of julie andrews singing the hills are alive with the sound of music please please share it with us we (laughs) will please share it with us we'd love to hear you in honor of Pope Francis, go go for anyway, it, guys. He'd love it. All that we'll aside, send it to him. All that I'm kidding. We won't do that. We're leaving all our negativity right here in this episode. Sorry, Elephant. You're gonna have to stay. You're gonna have to stay there for this episode. Um, We've addressed you. Episode, we have addressed you. It's in the okay. Next episode, we're going to uh, to look at the solution, and I'm gonna have a lot of fun with this. I think because it's good. I think we're all gonna have a lot of fun with this. Mm. 
Assuming yeah. you can wrap our minds around it, because actually, I suppose we should attach a warning to this. Because if you read the, if a bit you, late. no, 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 <laughs> it is a bit late. But if warning. you now, I'm telling you because you've listened to us, and now you're going to go and look up the actual document on which is provided free on the Vatican website. Warning: If you read this, you will not be able to do nothing. You it's cannot. You cannot read this without feeling like something has to change. So if you're prepared, go for your life, read it. But if you're not pre- if you're not prepared for that, then I would not recommend you read this book. It's like the blue pill and the red pill. It, this is that's exactly what reading this book like was for me. That's what reading this document was like for me. It was the red pill or the blue pill. And I took the blue pill. Wait, um, that's yeah. the right one. I, I don't remember. Anyway, I took uh, the one that, you know, chose, you I chose enlightenment. <laughs> you, you remember. So, so obviously you chose that one because if you chose the other pill, you'd forget everything and you'd wake up and, and you'd live your life. What? Um, okay. okay <laughs> we're talking about the matrix here. Somewhat relevant, but it's going to take too long to explain. We'll come back for the next episode on the solutions, not the solution, but you know, how we can come around on this issue um, in the next episode. So, see you next time. Bye. 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 That was an episode of Catholics Free from cradio.org.au.